Greetings, friends! Welcome back to another stellar episode of the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, here for a brief introduction before today's spooky good time of an episode. People, it's official. We're on Patreon. That's right, patreon.com slash Pod. the best way to support the show, the best way to get the most out of this show for yourself. You get a vote on the Patreon-exclusive uh, movies every month. We have a big library of awesome episodes over there. You get feature-length commentaries. Our new miniseries, Tales from the Griff, a deep dive into every episode of Tales from the Crypt, is dropping next month. So we're working really hard to make sure that it's worth your time and support over there, guys. It means the world to us. Uh, for those of you who do support us, we thank you so much. For those of you who are about to, thank you as well. Make sure you go to YouTube. Subscribe to our channel, Film Alchemist. You can email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. Make sure you're leaving five-star rating and reviews wherever and everywhere you find the show. Uh, find us on the socials. We're there. We're cool. We're hip. We're putting the time in, right? We're getting our miles in in the uh, digital square, as they say. But you're not here for that. You are here for another exciting horror movie episode. 31 days, 31 pods, the October Mega Marathon. We are in the really fun section now, right? Now we have brought our friends so that you can be friends with them, too. Today we're talking about... One of the most seminal movies of my life, right? When I was young, my father brought home the VHS of Monster Squad. Um, the Monster Squad changed me at a, at a very genetic level, it felt like, right? The moment I saw that movie was one of the first times a little kid I truly saw myself represented in art that I was imbibing, right? Uh, Monster Squad meant everything to me. Like I said, I did a lot of the Star Wars Star Trek debate when I was a kid. But I was more interested in, are you a Goonies guy or a Monster Squad uh, guy? We're probably both most of them. Uh, we like both. But I was a Monster Squad kid, man. And when I found other kids that liked Monster Squad, it meant the world to me. Uh, this movie has had a huge resurgence, right? It's kind of this new cult classic. People discovering it, falling in love with it. I think it is an absolute blast of a film. I was so happy we were joined by our uh, returning friend, Jay Rollins. Comic book artist extraordinaire who also loves this movie. And we had this kind of fun movie therapy, right? Talking not only about Monster Squad, but about what happens to us as we age, right? And these movies that were so beloved and seminal to us in our younger days. Uh, how they age and travel with us. Jay is just an awesome, funny guy. We have an absolute blast every time we get a record. I wish him all the success uh, and luck in the world, man. He's a wonderful guy who you will probably be hearing more of. Jay has an ambitious guest host schedule that he laid out upon us. So if that happens... You guys will be in such luck to have those episodes with Jay as well. Um, again, thank him so much for making the time. Go support Jay, man. Find all his details in the show notes. Go support Jay, man. Uh, he's a great, great member of our squad. So without further ado, Monster Squad with our friend, Jay Rollins. All right, guys, welcome our friend and returning guest, Jay Rollins. Uh, would you be so kind as to introduce yourself to the people and introduce the movie you selected for today? I am Jay Rollins, comic book artist of comics you have never read unless you go to <laughs> comic book conventions and go to the right table or you are a Kickstarter aficionado. Yeah. Um, and today I have picked Monster Squad 
which is very special to me. Very, very special to me. I'm going to send this link to all my siblings. Nice. Hell yeah. So you're saying we shouldn't count on the onslaught of the Rollins Hive? (laughs) 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 No, I'm actually fucking stoked you picked this because we're we were talking. We're almost to 500 episodes and every now and again, we'll get to a movie. and We're just like, I can't believe we haven't done that movie yet. Because this was, we all made like our list when we started, right? Of like, what are the like 10 to 20 movies you absolutely want to talk about? And this was, of course, on mine. Uh, this is one of the seminal, most formative movies of my life, right? Like, I, I'm I talked so glad. About, yeah, because there's like Big Trouble, Little China, I see right behind you. Gremlins, this. There were like a handful of movies that just like, as soon as I saw them, they changed me on a core level right like this is the movie kind of movies i want for the rest of my life and this was one of them and i remember we kind of talked about this but as i got older and like got to college and i was in film school i was stunned by how many people this movie just wasn't a part of their childhood i thought this was yeah right yeah so i think that's kind of the interesting thing about monster squad at this point is this it's had a real resurgence in the last you know decade or so well how did you get monster squad because so, my Monster Squad experience is, now that I look at it later, very bootleg. Well, how did yeah. you get Monster Squad in your life? Same thing. My dad was at a gas station, and, like, they had it as, like, a, you know, whatever, like, $2 VHS they were just trying to get rid of. And that's where my dad found it. He would always buy, like, whatever the cheap movie was at the local gas station in our small town. And he just brought home this movie, Monster Squad, because I was a huge fan of – um one of the early movies I really love was Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. I think Did you meet the monsters. Yeah. yeah. And so it was like Frankenstein and all these monsters. I loved Abbott and Costello when I was a kid. And so he's like, Oh, you like universal movies. We used to watch creature from the black lagoon all the time. And so my dad somewhere is like, Oh, this will click. It's got monsters in it. And yeah, he just brought That's it home and it just watch. fucking like melted my brain. Like I absolutely fell in love with this movie. The moment I saw it. Alex, what's your thing? I mean, I I saw it on the on cable. It was one of those things where (laughs) I like, you know, like when you're a kid, you want to see what your threshold is for. At least for me, I want to see what my threshold is was for like being scared. And I also loved like the I loved the Universal Monster movies, so this was like right up my alley. So when I was a kid and it just popped up on cable, I. I like, and I was a kid who hated sitting through commercials. I sat through all those fucking commercials. To watch this <laughs> like, I, I was, was never like, a was channel like, changer either because I was afraid I'd miss something. So I would just sit, right? Like everyone I knew. This one was one. I was like, I'm sitting here and watching <laughs> this. But I also, this is kind of, I didn't see the very opening until I was much older because of cable. Yeah. Yeah. Like what's interesting about, like, I think our generation in general is like all of us are cable kids. So, like, so many movies we've seen, like, probably. 40 minutes to 40 to like 60 minutes of and there's like vital information towards the front or the end that like totally I never thought lost. about that shit is gone now because like we i could say that on this thing right yeah oh yeah the old the old s word uh <laughs> curse, curse, it, curse I, it up how dare you? that's gone now. like there are so many like dozens and dozens of conversations where it's like i've never seen the beginning of this movie in my entire life this is a yeah. nor- very important movie to me but i don't, I don't remember this um my monster squad experience is genuinely a weird combination of the two of you because there was a time in like 94 95 96 when hbo showtime whatever the movie channels or even a thing called the movie channel uh would be like you get this we're just gonna 
pop it up. You can have it for a week. Um, you can have the movie channel for a week. You can have HBO for a week. And what my mom would do was when those weeks came, get a blank VHS and tape everything. Yep. That's what my and, nanny used to do. Yep. <laughs> and my Monster Squad experience is a very special VHS that um, I still am trying to find that opens with The Wizard of Oz. The Wizard of Oz, which is very important to me, too, because it was on this VHS, gets cut off right before they go into Emerald City. I didn't know anything past. Seriously, awesome. it's if I was the king <laughs> of the forest and then awesome. it's your majesty. If you were to and then we are into Monster Squad, Monster Squad is next for me. Yeah. I, if I ever watched uh, Wizard of Oz, it's like, no, Monster Squad is supposed to pop up. And then like, after these kids that are going to fuck up that witch. After that is Overboard. Starring Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn. Wow. That's a banger of a VHS, man. Um, Like, you guys have kids, right? And they'll watch the same thing over and over again. That VHS of those three movies is, um, I'm the youngest of five. The five of us would just watch that on a loop. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, that's my my kids now are pretty much paying for, like, teenagers on YouTube to, like, live their lives. These lives of fucking like, hey, we're going to blow up a TV today in front of a homeless guy. And my kids are just like, yes. And no, I was watching Kurt Russell gaslight Goldie Hawn. It was yeah. great. We were watching. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We were watching Rudy fucking sexually blackmail the neighbor girl. Right? <laughs> the way <laughs> ethics intended. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Rudy was the coolest fucking guy in the world. Fucking coolest. Uh, but like, keep in mind, he's 14 years old, hanging out with 10 year old. He is a yeah. loser. This guy, there is, like, this guy that, rolls there up, is that adult that you're like, oh, wait. His other 14 year old people with his bicycle lights up a cigarette with his 1950s shit, and then just like, oh, yeah. oh my god, dude, it's not you telling me that's not cool I'm gonna all go. of a sudden. <laughs> what is that? If I skidded into the end of the cul de sac where my kids' friends are playing and lit a cigarette, and they wouldn't be like, that guy's fucking awesome. At 36, <laughs> I wish I was that cool still. But I've he, never done anything as cool as that. And and but he knows he can roll up on ten year olds and be cool. And actually, that's what he does. He does that so that he can like he sees fat kid. He know he's a loser in his own world. So he sees fat kid getting bullied, and he's like, "I'm king of this castle. I'm gonna make this stop." <laughs> You're making this nefarious. I always thought that's why. No, he was no, cool it's a good thing. It's a good in. thing. Yeah, he he's bullied in his own world, and he sees. Younger oh, kid get bullied. He rolls so... up. He's like, "I'm not gonna. No, no, not yeah. today. Eat the candy bar." He loves hearing <laughs> those kids go, "Rudy, Rudy." Rudy's the hero of this of this sequence. I mean, yes. that's the thing. Rudy has some questionable decisions in the movie at this point, but still, I mean, to me, of like the five coolest moments in the movie when they're trying to read the you know incantation <laughs> in front of the church and Rudy, they're like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "I'm in the fucking squad, ain't I?" Or he doesn't say the, fucking right. He was still. 14. I'm in the goddamn club, aren't yeah. I? Ooh. And he just walks up on the fucking brides. I was like, yeah, that guy's awesome. Like that's the so coolest cool. dude. Oh man, he wastes the yeah. brides. He fucking takes out the wear. Like Rudy was, he was down to help these kids. Yes. Yeah. When you say it is like when I was in high school, when I thought it was cool to be hanging out with eight year olds, that changes it a hair for me. <laughs> like that's a little sadder than I used to read it because to me, I watched it as a kid and I was like. Oh my God, if only this cool older guy would come and like show us the ropes. I had an older cousin who was like that, right? Like I used to sneak into his uh, room to see what was cool. 
So this is the fucked up thing. I had two older cousins, right? The one guy was old. He was in high school and I was like a kid. So I used to sneak in his room. And he had like this awesome Army of Darkness poster. Mm. He had great like cassettes and shit. So I was always trying to be like, what's cool? I want to be a part of that. I had another cousin who I thought was even cooler. And he used to hang out with me and play and like, you know, teach me fucking how to fight and shit like that. He ended up going to jail as a fucking pedo. So mm. that's the thing. Be careful. Be careful of who the cooler older kids are. <laughs> yeah. Who wants to hang out with look he's only like 13, 14. So these eleven year olds are not that far removed. He is in he's in junior high. Like uh I just don't think he fits in. And I think <laughs> not, not his, in junior high. His like You're saying the Monster Squad had a monster before Frankenstein, and it was Rudy. His 50s <laughs> motif. All right, I want to get into this. His 50s motif is the creators of this movie. Mm -hmm. It's 1987. So if you're like 30 to 45, your seminal moment in life, just like our seminal moment was watching this, your seminal moment in life was watching these Universal Monsters movies. You make this uh, at the wrong time place in the wrong time we have to mention this movie made no money yes he, and reviewed poorly it is incredibly that's fucking tone insane. deaf who let's let's remember that we did get this at a young age who is this movie for this is a movie ostensibly for kids <laughs> yes but it no it's not no it's okay. not but it's also this is a changing adults, perspective no, it's not this is a we used to get movies like this where it was actually dangerous and had rough edges for kids. Yeah. No movies today have not. A lot of movies were like no, that. Goonies has rough edges. This movie yeah. has those edges are smoothed. So it's really it, it is it, this this is growing pains from eighties movies, the Goonies, nineties movies, blank check. It is somewhere in the middle. <laughs> it's somewhere like, in the middle, and it's just good. at the wrong place, wrong time because it is too cute to be the Goonies, but it's also too dark. To be blank check. I like. Do you that. remember like being that. like, with a million dollars, I can buy every toy I want in a mansion? <laughs> but I like that analysis because that makes sense. Because no. it's one of those, like, Monster Squad is an example of a movie that has to walk so another movie can run. Mm. Like, The Goonies is a great example of just, like, a movie that just, like, happened. Like, The Goonies was Richard Donner it's steven spielberg like it's all right. these elements that make a great movie but like it's a swashbuckling adventure it's not scary like right the way traditional movies would be scary this is let me let me jump it's in, in on the that title, though monster squad nobody knows what a goonie is everybody knows what monsters yeah. are the goonies were unrelatable right like this is i'm so tired of like the star wars star trek thing of my childhood right that was like our huge battle on the bus i'm way more interested are you team goonies or team monster squad Hmm. Monster Squad is a better movie than The Goonies. Let's just, the only let's just reason say that up front. Well was it was because it was too late. From sure. 77 with Star Wars up until yeah. the... So late 70s, early 80s was 1940s nostalgia. You've got Star Wars as Buck Rogers. You've got uh, Indiana Jones is like all those adventures. You've got Goonies, which is swashbuckling adventures. Um, this is the Universal Monsters. It came too late. It's almost the 90s. You should have done this in 1984. If you had done this in 1984, Universal might have picked it up, and you wouldn't have to put the 
Screech from the Black Lagoon as like Swamp Monster or whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> Gil, Gilman. Which is really funny and you can really see uh, how like monolithic the movie industry is right now because <laughs> like you have to go to Paramount Plus to get it now and like could probably yeah. actually like own the rights to it. Uh, <laughs> but it's it, com- it comes at the at the wrong time. That's not what people want anymore. Um, it was probably, I don't know too much about the writing of it, but it was probably written when like, this was what you should do. And, but it's also written so much from a 40 year old's perspective, even though like, <laughs> not, like, are... not the way that Steven Spielberg did it, where it's like the kids versus the adults, the adults are so like, the adults are all great dads. Like it's, and like mom's a bitch. That's like the whole. <laughs> but see like Shoot. that's that's that i thing am taking umbrage with all of this also i can hear like everyone who listens to our show being like wait did Go- did griffey just say that monster squad's a better movie than the goonies but you know what though the goonies we have that debate. here's the other thing though jay's right though because what? the reason monster squad didn't get a chance is not because it, it has everything to do with release because <laughs> this movie is for children like it should be for kids yeah. it should be marketed towards kids this movie was released August 14th, 1987. What happens in August for all kids? They go the fuck back to school. August 14th is almost exactly when they're supposed to be going back to school. And there is a huge problem with that because also this is exactly where like, August and January are usually where they start dumping movies a lot of the time. So like, there's no marketing behind Didn't this. Didn't Lost Boys come it's- out the same weekend? Yeah. And it is a yeah. better... It is a... It is- I think the real thing that happened and like the real reason we went from Goonies to Blank Check and Richie Rich. (laughs) I love that those are our two fucking seminal movie moments. (laughs) Richie Rich. Lost Boys came out July 31st. Our memory of these 90s sort of like plucky cute movies is Mm -hmm. because Temple of Doom, when's that? 1984? Temple of Doom is... No. Is it? But see, Temple of that Doom movie, is like a really fucking scary movie that everyone that thought their kids That movie was PG-13, and that movie was the reason they invented the R rating. And so PG-13 got castrated. So this movie is PG-13 in a post-Temple of Doom world. It could have been something different. It's not. This. I mean to say, it's still great. It also looks like a lot of stuff was cut out. Watching it today, <laughs> I was like, why is this movie like fucking 45 minutes long? <laughs> yeah, this movie's tight. They do like they it's in and out. That's an 80 minute movie. Like, like and why does around. why does Dracula even like the the Wolfman says he's going to kill your son? How does he know that? When did we see anything having to do with Dracula finding he's out that this kid the, has the, the book? He's part of the true monster squad when he sends Frankenstein out to murder the kids. Right? He knows that he's got the journal. It's all there. This movie moves at a... <laughs> I take, How does he know he has the journal? He got it at a garage sale from his mom. It was just, I it, do wonder why it was in the garage <laughs> Like, who was is, running okay. the garage sale at they that time? Like, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> this is a debate we've had all month long about, like, horror iconography and stuff like that. Because we were talking about, like, because we did Hellraiser with the, um, you know, the Lament configuration. We did Wishmaster with, like, the little opal. We're leaving a lot of stuff just lying around that ma- magically shows up, like garage sales, like just 
in Foot Locker's places. Like literally nobody is paying attention to some of these things. Like That's what I'm saying. The, the writer piece. just loved the Universal Monsters and wanted to get there, which is why the third act is some of the greatest cinema that ever happened. Like the weirdest thing about this movie is all the acting is top notch. Absolutely all of it. This is the, one of the best group of kid actors in any movie. The cinematography is great. The special effects are great, especially for how small of a budget they had. Um, but the the pacing is so weird. Um, <laughs> like, for instance, I just watched it today. I just watched it today. They, like, he comes up to the Monster Squad and declares that they are the Monster Squad. And he says, do you understand that the that the Wolfman exists and that this exists and yeah. whatever? With no proof. No proof. He heard his dad say a thing, and he's serious. He is so. That's fucking how serious. it used to be, though. Whatever our and parents no, no, no. said, we just thought but was true. We didn't have the internet. Next scene, yeah, is his sister meeting Frankenstein. Why can't you reverse that shit? And then him being like, "Oh man, Dad was talking about the Wolfman." And then this... when he says, "And Dracula could be here too," that's important. What, though. Why? <laughs> that's an important filmmaking choice because what it shows is the child leap of faith. They have full belief in what they're doing. To me, this was the ultimate wish fulfillment movie when I was a kid. Same. Of every single movie when I was a kid, the movie I wanted to be in was The Monster Squad. I wanted to be in that fucking treehouse. I wanted to talk with other kids who liked horror movies. I wanted wanted my friends to be in my squad. And so I think that belief, right? These loners, these kind of like on the edge kids, right? Who so believe in this thing. He hears about a mummy disappearing. He hears about a wolf man. He thinks he has, you know, Alucard or Dracula's journal, right? His mind is revving up. I love the idea of him saying that sentiment in that line, right? When he's trying to do it and they're like, oh, fat kid farted. uh." Mm -hmm. And then he just goes, do you know what's happening? People are dying out there. And if it's monsters, no one's going to do anything except for us. That to me was just this call to action because parents don't believe in the things that mean a lot to us as kids, right? And when they're saying no one's going to do this except for us, of course, it's kind of a poppycock sentiment, right? Like, of course, it'd be better if the tanks had rolled in, you know, earlier. But that's the fucking thing is as a kid, you want to fight the monster in the closet. Well, I mean, yeah. I appreciate that the this is a whole other. This is actually a grippy tangent, if I'm honest. But <laughs> the but the military got a crayon letter yes. from a little kid saying monsters are coming. And they said, oh, fuck. Which means the military knows that this is real. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know what? It's actually so amazing to watch it happen, not from my mouth. That was beautiful. It's true. They're already on alert. They already know that this plane had air They know cargo. it's possible. They're coming in. Right? Where are the and monsters? Eugene's- like, he's serious. He's just like, yeah. is Dracula here? Yeah. <laughs> They've probably been developing this as a weapon. They've known this and for some time. Like, like, but also, that's is... a great thing, right? Is that this whole movie operates from a child's mindset, right? Yeah. The fact that you could call in the military and the cops and they were, you know, the ultimate good guys to you when you were little. And they're going to come and answer even a crayon written letter. That's exactly how you think as a child, right? Yeah. So yeah. there is this weird, I don't, I don't fully agree that this is a 40-year-old man's version of kids. Because to me, this is the ultimate kid playground, right? Like, this is the exact thing that I always... And the way these kids even talked, right? Like, when they talk about, does Wolfman have a job? You know, oh, well, Goofy drives a car, but Pluto's Mickey Mouse's dog, whatever. You know, like, that's exactly how we all used to talk. 
that's that's why we're in filmmaking limbo because are we making <laughs> are we making goonies or are we making clerks it's <laughs> does okay. wolfman have not like he does it's 1987 it is exactly sweet spot in this like the 90s is a whole different place for adult movies and kid movies. And these people are writing a movie for no one in particular. I feel like you're somewhere in the middle with Monster Squad, to be honest with you. I because just here's I thing. don't agree with that, man. This it's, movie was okay. so aimed at us at 10 years old. It's aimed at but, children, but it's also got this whole side story about the uh, like his mom leaving his like there's there's one there's like this fight yeah. that that was actually written by Shane Black like sprinkled in there. Uh, <laughs> oh, it was a little Shane Blackism sprinkled because, in there because it's like oh he's a cop he's gonna have he's gonna have troubles. Yeah. I got an idea for a movie. I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> See, doesn't that because I, I i don't know i grew up in a house where like there was divorce and shit like that i love that scene right the parents are fucking fighting in the other room and what does he do he reverts to like code cracking the journal right he retreats back into his monster mm, mm. i fucking yeah. i thought that monsters was great, monsters is solace and i was a guy but... who like didn't my dad left when i was a kid right so that scene when like his dad comes home with the burgers and they just watch the drive-in oh, from their yeah, roof i was great. like that was like that would have been my happy place if I had had. But that's old man wish. shit because there were no drive-in theaters anymore in 1987. <laughs> How dare <laughs> you? I saw <laughs> Free Willy and Rookie the of the Year in the like 90s. That was my last drive-in. The drive <laughs> it is a motif because there's also the Universal Monsters. Yeah. If you want it to be. But, but I, I feel like you have I a very tortured saying, relationship with your love of Monster Squad. <laughs> But I do. <laughs> it was just because I, I I watched it again and I was just like, because like I I was doing all the lines verbatim, but then I was like looking yeah. at it. Um. Oh, and also just like the uh, that that fight between his mom and his dad. It was like, oh my god, I really am thirty five, aren't I? Because <laughs> this shit is hitting me. Yeah, yeah. You've grown That's into one of it. those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And that, that's one of those there, things where you're like, oh shit. There you have this is some good acting. This is some good that's some good fight writing. Where yeah. she says, I can see it in your eyes, and he's just like, Oh, yo, you can see everything in my eyes. Look at my eyes. <laughs> Fuck, oh, what are you a so fucking real. Miss Cleo? What's going on over here? That's this, so real. <laughs> how real is that? How many times have you had that fight with your, you know, significant other at this point? Like it's one of those yeah. things where you're like, Oh yeah, you know everything, huh? You just can see it all. <laughs> yeah. I you know me so I gotta well. go, it's important. I'm important and you're like damn it I should have seen that fight coming I should have seen that light coming no I don't know I I think this movie is is the perfect kids movie in my honest opinion because in the 90s is when we started getting to Disney kind of took over live action kid movies mm -hmm. and they just became weak they were weak right like there was no children facing down danger like the movies that I loved when I was well, there were right. here's the thing what you're talking about they shifted the danger perspective because like Monster Squad Goonies, which you can probably say are sort of in the same breath. The danger, like you said, they're facing it down. Like you're gonna face danger. Like yeah. look at it, like instead, like Disney movies started being more about the danger coming toward them, and them not really like blank check. Like we brought a blank check. Blank check is an absurd premise, but like no kid who has a million dollars thinks they're in danger at some point. They spend their money and they live their life, and they're like. Oh, I don't really care where the money came from. Yeah. Like 
the danger arrives. But see here, That's okay, all. so here's an interesting parallel, right? For our last movie of the month, we're doing People Under the Stairs. That's a brilliant movie about a little boy facing down this fucking big scary monster. That's a movie that is specifically written for adults with a callback to like child nature. I think this is the exact opposite, man. I think this is written directly at us. Is there some shit that yeah. went over my like when I was a kid, I had no idea what the German guy was talking about when he's like, I know real monsters, right? Yeah. And they showed well, the yeah, tattoo, my dad like, had to tell that me. didn't lay oh, on. He was me. in the Holocaust and I just like was what's that and he's like oh i don't yeah right later <laughs> just dude it's sunday i don't want to open this um, but that's what i, I mean I when i was like right 10 now. or 9 whenever i saw this i didn't i had no like worldly perspective on that no not at all but i think I it's still know. getting to the point right that the scary german guy still stands as this great moment of you probably thought i was a monster huh? we all had that house in the neighborhood right you're like oh fuck that those people oh, are yeah. scary that house is scary and then they go in and they're just like scary german guys bitching he's giving us pie and telling us these yarns, right? I thought, again, that's like another classic moment from childhood that I remember very vividly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's stuff in there. Because that's what I think the best kids movies do, right? Is they're telling the story to you as the kid. So you're like, what a fucking thrilling adventure. But then when your parents who have to take you to the movies are there, there's also some stuff in there for them, right? That, to me, is the thing that Spielberg always did so well. Like, even in E.T., I just resaw that in theaters this uh, summer with my kids, right? And I never really liked E.T., but seeing it as an adult, there's so much more in there for me now that it gave it this whole extra resonance with me, right? And so I think the best kid movies, that's that's always built in if they're doing That's how I thought when I took my kid to Munich. That was good. Was... <laughs> <laughs> so, Spielberg's always Hank, got something Hank is for just you. a high art kind of guy. <laughs> just having this conversation, I have come to a new thought about just like kids' movies in general. Mm -hmm. Because like... Doing that comparison of like, you can definitively see what happened to children's movies between early 80s and mid 90s because they got very cute. Um, and kids used to swear all the time and whatever. And I was talking about this being the new PG 13. This could have been what it turned into, but they got so scared that they pushed so much harder on the. This could have been like, all right, yeah, like this is actually what a ten-year-old should watch. Um, they like it's. I don't think they should. You know, you shouldn't have movies movies where thirteen-year-olds are smoking. I don't know how. They do it. <laughs> uh, it's not, it's but not like, great, but you know. But we all grew 80s. up with smokers back then. Yeah, but it was like, the eighties still. But this, it's 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 this nicer cleaner version with and there's blood and there's people there's people dying but there's it's also uh who are you we're the monster squad <laughs> you know like it's it's so yeah. never die you gotta have a, a code name a club when you're kids man there is no Goonies equivalent of I'm in the goddamn club, aren't I? Like that. Right, because no one in the, the Goonies way his is as cool as Rudy. in his mouth when he says that, I thought that that was the coolest thing in the world since I was a little yeah. kid. I'm in the goddamn club, aren't I? And then yeah. even, like, the, the vampire is on him. He's about to do it. Like, there's some real stakes in this. Um, yeah. But again, yeah. the, I, I, the stuff that I've been talking about in this movie, I think the writer of this movie really wanted to get to that third act because that third act is some of the best cinema oh, it's truly, dude. I've ever seen. There is amazing acting. 
is amazing directing. There is uh, top-notch special effects to the time. Mm-hmm. Um, the third act of movies like this is why you make rush to get this. there. He, he deus ex machina everything to get to this fun. But it's magic child wrong. brain. That's, that's, but that's, I mean, you, were you really like the day you're watching it? My name, I was a fat kid. My name is Horace. Oh man. Come on. That's an all timer moment. My name. Oh, there it is. Ah. But, but that's what it is. Like you get to the end because like all the preamble, especially when you're watching a movie as a kid, like I don't, cause like I said, when I saw this first time as a kid, I had not seen the beginning. Now, when I watch it now, I'm like, oh man, the opening and like the crawl. And this is like, I like literally I was watching it in day and I was just like, this is like Griffey's, this is why Griffey loves this movie. Cause this that is like, opening crawl, that opening crawl That's, 100% tells you what this movie they is. They blew it. Yeah. Perfect. It's so good. Perfect. It's, it's giving you the, the, the dark truth of the, the we are living in a world right. where uh, gothic horror exists. Mm-hmm. Right. Cowabunga, so you do all this that's, stuff. And then, yeah. like, let's do it. That's oh, exactly dude, what but it Dracula is. changes and, and they walk in, in and they fucking waste one of the brides, right? And then the virgin who opens the portal gets fucking sucked into it. You're like, that's a fucking scary opening for kids. But see, I, I don't know. When I was a kid, I wasn't begging for more backstory on any of this, right? You're like, I know who no, the monsters are. No, but that's why are. we're Let's getting fight. to the third yeah. act. Like, that's why this movie so tight. But don't you so like tight. the like, stuff at the school at the open? I like them in the principal's Yeah, office. I love that. I do, but Actually, like... Actually, that part's good, too. The first act where we're introducing the characters is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Third act but... where uh, it all comes to a head is great. Second act is like, let's get him the book she found at the garage sale. Where's that amulet? come from uh who gives a fuck uh why does right. dracula even why is dracula the, connected to all these people <laughs> oh, the area but like nature. each motif is great in its own right the, the, like the two guys yeah. in the plane steal the show he's just like why am i in a world but i'm not bomber? I, that, now that I is one of the best arguments right because he's like this job sucks and his friend's like eh, it's not that bad he's like you're right you're right i'm so happy <laughs> that was such like a fucking like bitchy coworker thing to do. <laughs> I love yeah. yeah. This is the thing though. I think act two has awesome shit, right? Cause you've got the montage, which is amazing. Uh, I, I think the, I th- the introduction to Frankenstein. That's yeah. what I mean. As soon as you hear it, you're like, yeah, yeah I, rock until you drop. My favorite like... segment of the movie is the introduction to Frankenstein, right? They have this yes. throwback to James Wales. Frank's. So this is a really funny story. I was watching that, uh, Boris Karloff documentary. And they talked about how this was like a big debate on the Frankenstein movie, right? Because in the original, he picks the girl up and chucks her in the water. And Boris Karloff didn't want to do it. He's like, that's too fucking horrible of a thing to show to audiences, right? And so they cut it to where, you know, you kind of imagine what's happening. And then you see the, like, flowers on the water or whatever. And these people, like this film historian's like, in trying to make a less gnarly thing, they essentially, it has this implied, like, sexual assault vibe. Right. And you're like, they're not wrong. Right. And so when they cut to that in this movie, you're like, oh, shit, dude, they're doing the Frankenstein scene. Yeah. But the next moment, right, when the kids, the boys run away and Phoebe the Phoebe runs up and when her little hand grabs his giant finger and she's like, quit being chicken shits. And, you know, he's approaching as this scared child. And then all of a sudden he goes, guys, get over here. He's great. I mean, that's the whole thing to me. Like, if that if that that's scene the doesn't inversion. rock that's you, the like, this is That's why the past. No, it's great. You know, okay, so I'm. I'm just going going hard in a bad direction <laughs> because uh, 
There's no bad directions. Because I'm an I'm old man now. Yeah, and we are. We are. I, I do. I love this movie. I, this movie was so very important to me, and I like. I didn't know there were holes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's this what, is it what is, a movie man. was like, to me when I was a kid. That's what movies are. They're infallible when you're a kid. You know what happens though is like I got to show this to my kids the first time, and watching them just fucking melt at how much they loved it, it took me right back to being a kid like that, right? And then. Mm-hmm. And then even that, like watching my kids understand Frankenstein in the clubhouse, seeing the mask of himself and getting really upset by that. Scary. Oh, my God. I mean, that scene still like Frankenstein still Scary. like brings me to tears. In well, this I mean, movie. Tom Noonan is genuinely the best a brilliant so actor who's also really just one of those weird actory, actory actors. <laughs> so like, I wouldn't <laughs> want to hang out with him. Yeah, uh, dude, I was in a movie theater with him, and it was all I could do to not just rush him. He was clearly like, I'm just here to watch a movie, like, because I kind of gave him the look, and he saw that I knew. And he kind of did the, like, come on, man, I'm here on a date. We were actually at 127 hours, the fucking James Franco movie. <laughs> it's just me and my uh, now wife and Tom date. Noonan and his date. <laughs> that, that poor guy, that poor thespian who takes himself seriously, he was looking at you, and he was like, oh, fuck. Monster Squad or Last Action Hero. Yeah, I think he knew I was a Monster <laughs> Squad guy. But at that point, he had also done House of the Devil, I think. So I oh, was House like, of the I, Devil is I his opus. Loved him. I love Tom Noonan. Uh, but he's or just, maybe he was so thinking, oh, this good. guy's going to come after me about Manhunter. <laughs> yeah. You better Dude. talk to me about Schenectady. <laughs> I could have. I could have. That's, that's one I want to do on the pod because I just have no idea what the fuck we'd say. But... Uh, <laughs> Oh but, yeah. man, we can, let's just do a marathon. We could do Schenectady. Let's just um, do them all, dude. We've got like millions of movies left to cover, but <laughs> but that okay. So this scene to me, man, that that ending of Frankenstein when he grabs Dracula and he's bogus. I mean, that just fucking works. And when he Phoebe's but like, didn't Don't Terminator Two do it better? Do you see what I'm saying? Terminator 2 did because everything Bogus better than everyone. Is the preliminary to Asta La Vista, baby? It genuinely is. They like and and uh, Terminator 2 gave us some time to look at it and feel it before this yeah. happened. I'm not it here to it- argue that Terminator 2 is not one of the absolute greatest films ever made. <clears throat> I'm just saying when when he's sliding away, Phoebe. And she fuck. He's smiling at her, right? Don't like he's just glad he got this time. time. Yeah, and she throws her little oh. stuffed animal to him as he floats away. I mean, I cried again today. Like that just always gets me. I fucking love time, Frankenstein man. in this movie, man. He's wonderful. Oh, he's um, so good. But that's Old what I mean. Frank. This this movie really hits on everything for me, right? Because it's got the like child group that's funny and they're actually good actors. And it yeah. reminded me of being it's a incredible. kid. Incredible. The monsters in this movie are fucking rad. The Gill Man in this movie looks better than he did in creature from the black lagoon that is probably the coolest costume in the movie gill man that's the um that's the like halloween like knockoff outfit that's the costume costume name they use dude that suit is fucking rad because i think dracula's the dracula in this movie is not the strongest film dracula we've ever seen he throws his weird like dynamite. I don't know. He's, I he's have, bizarre. Dude, he's, he has his own Dracula mobile already ready for him in America. That shit was awesome. When he's, I was they, he's a serial killer in this movie. It's weird. Yeah. When I was young enough, because I saw this movie when I was young enough, I wasn't recognizing actors. As I got older, 
when I started seeing those actors pop up in movies, when John Grease showed up in not just Napoleon Dynamite, but he was in Get Shorty too, <laughs> I was like, is that the same guy? Like when I was, in, I, was I saw Get Shorty, yeah. I was probably like 12 or 13. I was like, is that the Wolfman? Listen, then, it took till was, today oh for me God. to figure out yeah. that the Wolfman is <clears throat> Uncle whatever. Uncle Rico? You didn't Napoleon know the Wolfman could throw a pigskin a quarter Dude, mile? He's so good. <laughs> I love him in Monster but Squad. 2005, man. junior high school, sophomore year of high school, watching that movie, everybody's talking about it. I was just like, yeah. it's okay. And then it just let it go. I let it go. It's been 15 years. And I yeah. finally figured out what that was. <laughs> Actually, it t- yeah, it took me about a decade and a half as well to figure out that it was like it was like, oh wait, that's the Wolfman, the guy from Real Genius, like all these ca- all these movies that I loved growing yeah. up. Everybody's a brilliant actor except um, <laughs> the the uh, what the, his. Main character's dad, the cop. Yeah. His partner. Oh, um, what? <laughs> I will always love that laugh. I will always love that laugh. But he is, they are not matching each other at all. That <laughs> is classic. They are having cop two different movie. conversations yeah. every Did you single take him? Time. Damn. Just a shot. I, I Damn, thought he was just great, man. A shot. No, he's great. He's great. He's just doing a different movie than everybody else is. He does feel like he's in a different precinct. Yeah, I'm a very good guy. I love that he's in a different movie than everyone else. <laughs> That's like really what I live for, for particularly these kinds of 80s movies. Is like there is always one actor who's in a different movie than everyone else. And you're like, that guy's going for it. Oh, but dude. for like the wrong thing. Whatever movie he's in, I really want to see that movie too. There's one... Uh... Waterworld is an example I'll give of uh, somebody who the only person who knew what movie he was in was uh, Dennis Hopper. Dennis yeah. Hopper. Yeah. Dennis Hopper knew what movie he was making, and he was making it great. Everybody else thought they. Were funny. I, think uh, I, I think they're like, we're going to win Oscars too, for this serious. Costner fair. still thought he was doing Dance with the Wolves. He was not <laughs> any fun at all. Costner <laughs> thought he was in an Oscar winner, and then like everyone else was like, oh man. Dennis Real. Hopper's like, got it. We're redoing Super Mario Brothers. I'm in. <laughs> cool. Done. No problem. I'll take care of it. You've uh, got yeah, it. Dude. No, but I I think this I think so to get it to the third act, man, the, the horse set pieces in this are fucking phenomenal. I love when mm. they raid the fucking house and they open the closet and find the fucking cheerleader brides. It's yep. fucking mm. horrifying. Oh, Okay, so there is that undercurrent as an old per- as an older person now. I'm like stewardesses, right? Something terrible happened. I no, thought they were I thought they were fucking yeah. cheerleaders. I thought they were high schoolers. Yeah, Dracula's a creepy bitch in this movie. Ooh, yeah, and that's where you get Dracula's the classic. Got some Wolfman's got Nards, which became the like everyone I met, I would do that joke to, and like yeah. the one kid who knew what I was talking about, it's like fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> But yeah, I I think that it's really good stuff, right? Because the mummy gets unraveled by an arrow. When we get to that center of town, this movie just explodes with everything I love, right? I love the dad driving up and fucking shooting the bat out of the sky. When they walk into that that fucking warehouse or whatever, and there's like the half-formed Dracula, that scared Mm. the absolute dog shit shit out of me. Yes. 
Holy fuck. That is amazing stuff. Oh, can we just talk about the um, us as 10-year-olds, the parts that were like this? That's I know all the bullshit that I've been saying. Whatever. This is an amazing, <laughs> this is an amazing horror movie for kids. An incredible yeah. horror movie for kids. I'm just talking about like grumpy old man shit. This is how <laughs> but that kids should have horror in their lives. Horror is an important genre. It allows you to feel scared in a safe space. That's a good yes. thing. And um, the, like, oh my god, the makeup effects on this are just like top notch. Yeah, also um, scared the shit out of me. And the 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 thing that like the Gill Man, that little, mm-hmm. I still think about that. Yeah. Oh man, that's dude. Sick. Even his dying gasp after Horace shoots him. And he like the does like his last two breaths. I was like, "Holy shit!" I mean, this was just it is righteous. a better. It is like a so much better Gilman costume, isn't it? Well, I mean, they had the benefit of like you know another thirty, forty years. True. No, I'm not saying it's not like the original oh, well, Gilman was it... funny because they had to build it to where that guy could wear it and still swim well, underwater. He was and from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, but this is such a. But see, that's yeah. That's the difference. Is like I like that. Yeah, like we're doing these, like we're not just doing, like that doesn't look like Boris Karloff's Frankenstein. Yeah. Well, like, also the like 80s the had this one. fucking explosion of amazing, you know, costuming and effects work. and Right, but like the only that. one that looks like the classic look is the Dracula. Everybody else looks completely different from what the movie. Like The I only mean, one know, that Universal couldn't sue them on. <laughs> that was it. But that was and really like everything else has its like sort of original look to it. Like that's really fucking cool. It's one man. of those like, happy accidents because and you they know really who they did are. want to do everything like the universal horror movies are real. And this is just another um Abner Costello meets the monsters, but we're doing it. They're still around. I'll tell you I'll tell you this. When I was a kid, the part that actually scared the shit out of me was when the old German guy is trying to read from the book and the vampire brides are walking down the street. Dude, one, I was the like, brides are gnarly this is fucked in up. this movie. Scared the and shit out of me. Fuck. No, and that's that's another, like, that's a great, they have so many great hero moments. Mm-hmm. His hero moment, he's still giving her the words. He hands her the book, and he do, he's so scared, but he doesn't it's know what shaking. he's going to do, but yeah. he knows that he is not going to let her get hurt. That's so good. It's beautiful, man. That's what I think is so awesome about this is they get so many of those good, like, deeper moments. Like when the werewolf just goes, thank you, before he collapsed. That was, like, a really weird thing to see as a kid. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? That's another thing that I liked that John, like, John Grease did it as a, this is a tragic, like, he played it as a tragic character. Mm -hmm. Like, that I was like such that a throwback the to the Lon Chaney Jr. Wolfman, right? The, yeah, like, Lon Chaney really Jr. Wolfman, curse. that's what we should be doing. Yeah, because he just had that beautiful, like, sad mope face. And he really channeled that in this movie. I I mean, I thought that was fucking rad, man. Um, it was. It is. But that's a, I mean, even then, <laughs> when fucking Sean saves his dad and hits the Wolfman, and then he puts the fucking dynamite, you know, down by his dick and throws him out the window. <laughs> fucking <laughs> awesome. The werewolf reconstituting at the time like melted my brain i was like holy yeah. shit they can do that uh just awesome man just uh, for the listening audience my headphones just died so my uh voice sounds <laughs> like it's being recorded by an ipad <laughs> <laughs> this is that real grown-up shit we've been talking about 
<laughs> oh, but imagine this moment as older say, audience. How do you kill a werewolf? Oh yeah. He says, "Blown up by a bomb." No. And uh, thrown out a window and lands on a bomb, dude. Yeah. Perfect throwback. Accident with power tools? Yeah. No, because he got tortured by Dracula. No, they they cover them all. See, that's layers. That's layers. That's fucking layers, dude. I'll tell you a scene that fucking was so much scarier today than I remembered was when Dracula lifts up the little girl. And mm. the dad is trying to rush Dracula and Sean holds him back because he doesn't want his dad to die too. And the mom just yeah. sits there with this look of horror like, fuck, we can't do anything. And when he hisses right in her face, I was like, God damn, this is like super aggressive. Uh, I thought that was awesome. Because that's the thing. I, If I had a gripe, it's that Dracula to me is the weakest part of the film. But in that moment, like when he's walking like the Terminator towards them and he's just fucking the cops up. And oh, when he hisses yeah. in her face, you're like, yeah, dude, Dracula is it's fucking nailing this finale. You bitch. <laughs> you bitch. You can, yeah. You can, and she's not, you, she's not acting. You can see how scared she is because yeah. she, you know, he's only holding her by her chin. And um, you can tell for a second that she's standing on apple boxes. Yeah. Because she's trying to pull her face away from his hand. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, like oh, the fuck, real fuck, fuck. actress little girl. <laughs> like, I don't like this anymore. Dude, just imagine being a kid on set and being like, wait, we're going to do what? And like seeing that at an age where you're like, this could be real. Like this, this looks real enough to me. Yeah. Uh, it's fucking dude. So good. But that's and what I mean. Of- even in that moment, right? It's this perfect mix of like emotionality, awesome horror moments. It's still fucking funny, right? Like when, He's like, she's not a virgin, is she? And he's like, well, there was Steve, but that didn't count. <laughs> like, that was a great moment. Like, that well, was a I great mean, payoff. they introduced her character before she even came up by everybody calling her a skank. I don't even know why. Yeah. It, like, she doesn't take German. She just stands by the dumpster and let guys feel her tits. Yeah, I'll tell you, they're I'll tell not you the very kind that, to her. As the you other get peppering older. of comedy, the other peppering of comedy that like I don't think I registered it as a kid, but I thought it was funny. But like today particularly i just was rolling was when van helsing is dragging dracula towards the portal <laughs> thumbs up just the great. thumbs up it's like fucking finally i've been in limbo for a hundred like, what has he been doing in limbo years hundred years and he's still, but he learned the thumbs up he's still so happy but oh, what's your life now van helsing you've been stuck in limbo for a hundred years and now you're going to be stuck in limbo with dracula <laughs> Learn, just learning that thumbs yeah, up. Yeah, who knows what Limbo's like? He didn't age. He still got his old man strength. Like maybe Limbo's just yeah. chill. Oh, okay. We got to give Ben Helsing a shout out because um, uh, Zeus. Uh, what's the line? The first <laughs> that first scene is honestly like Raiders of the Last Ark. Like Raiders of the Last Ark. We are watching the end of a movie, a great yeah. movie, really that, good movie. It's so cool. Yeah, um, I'm so glad I finally got to see it when I was <laughs> yeah. And him with I his pocket watch. Uh, so good. Let's, what does he say? Let's hurry up a bit, shall we? Like, he's just James <laughs> Bond and shit. <laughs> he's like, hurry up, you fucking was, little teenager. That was a great, that was a perfect, perfect impression. <laughs> but then he goes way too hard on this poor virgin who was like, und nicht weh. And, she, and then she gets fucking eaten by the black hole. <laughs> Go! Oh, we're all gonna die! You're not. Yeah. It does feel like maybe you should wait till you see Dracula before you start opening portals and shit. (laughs) (laughs) Like maybe put the watch down and, you know, let it breathe for a second. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I, 
to me, man, it's just it's just got every fucking th- like that's what I mean. I saw this at an age where it it literally set the standard for me going forward, right? In my whole life, I've always been looking for more monster squads, and I think one of the things I love the most about it, there just aren't a lot of great movies in this kind of niche they carved out, right? There aren't a lot of these great, you know, kids fighting monster movies, in my opinion, right? There's a couple of, no. like, the great ones. But, I mean, to me, I, I love this one more than Goonies. I think if it had had the muscle behind mm. it that Goonies had, I think this movie would have been a fucking I'm going to throw some hit. truths at you. Goonies is fine. And yeah. Goonies is paced fucking weird, too. Goonies is not as good as Monster Squad, even after all I've said about it. Goonies... Doesn't make sense. Monster Squad has its own reality. Monster Squad Squad has a universe that it created, and it follows its own rules. What is happening with Goonies? There's Pirates (laughs) of Portland, and yeah, yeah, I don't know. Well, also at the end, I'm like, that's definitely not legal. You can't just spit jewels into someone's hand and not get evicted. Yeah, Like, all the Goonies are definitely still homeless the next day, but... I, I, I'm not here to fucking kneecap the Goonies. I also love the Goonies. But I, I this one to me spoke so much more. That's the thing. When I watched yeah. the Goonies, I didn't really relate with it as a kid. It was a fun adventure. Uh, they had that awesome Cindy like, Lauper video with the wrestlers. This, I feel the squad. I felt like I was a part of the monster squad. You know, at worst, I was desperate to be a part of it. But in <laughs> those kids, I felt like that was my people. That's why I feel like this movie is so interesting because it does focus solely, almost solely on the kids. So does, uh, so does Goonies. Um, and like, I feel like in the seventies and eighties with like, you get poltergeist or whatever, it's supposed to be an adult. That's an adult. But like, um, you, you get to see the inner lives of the adults. And then later, I'm still going to go into this motif in the nineties. Adults are just, uh, like, Losers who don't understand that you throw like gack at, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they get double you know there. <laughs> and this is this is just the thing about it is that like they really <laughs> hit like the kids on their own and take that band aid rap. But yeah, then, like, right. which is very nineties, it really is. Um, it is the big then, difference. Like we just never had parents around. Kids today always have parents around. Yeah. We were on our own all the time. I think that because we were like, we were a generation of kids who like played until played outside until sundown a lot of the time. Like there's a lot like that vibe to me. We didn't. I don't know. There's there's still kids who do that. Here's the difference. This is the difference though. Because this is the night. This is '87, and then you get to the '90s where we have like you know Disney dominating these like kids doing the craziest things. Movies. We had a war in between that. Mm-hmm. Persian Gulf War happens. Oh damn! You're bringing like it there's down, a huh? whole, there's a whole reality. Do you check remember the three days of Desert Storm? And how much? Yeah. Well, I don't, but up. I know that it happened. Like <laughs> it's one of those. Do you things remember like... when George Bush Senior was trying to get his weapons back that Reagan gave to them? <laughs> when I was a kid, when I was a kid, Desert Storm was like Rocky, Rocky Four, because I was like, oh, we just went over there and whooped that ass in like three days. It was like USA. Yeah. I, that's all culturally, I knew about the war. I had no idea. But culturally, what it was. that's what happens. So, like the danger, <laughs> that like the danger you feel wow. from these movies, where you're addressing it, like you're conf- like the squad's going to confront, the Goonies are going to confront that danger. Yeah, that is where that like 
that is why it's like that because then it happens in real life we're like fine fuck it we're gonna go fucking squat up uh over there too then I did not we're think back we home. would get to Desert Storm on this What podcast, makes this movie special? I mean, I'm just telling you. What makes this movie very special is there is no kid movie like it at all. Because when kids in movies are have this much autonomy of, I have just decided we are the monster squad and we are the only ones yeah. who are going to be able to do this. When they have that much autonomy, adults are idiots. In every single no outlier movie besides for this one. In this movie... It's I we are the monster squad and we are the only ones who are going to take care of this, even though one of them has a dad who is a police officer who is currently investigating all of it. That dad is. A seems like a good cop. He's putting the pieces together. He's the only one who sees that there's a connection. It's also his movie. That's Shane Black writing his friends, writing shit in his friend's movie. That's what makes <laughs> it so interesting is that like a movie where it's like about the kids start forming the Goonies or the Monster Squad um, should have idiot parents or parents that like in the 80s, it would be parents that just like you never see. In the 90s, it would be parents that don't understand anything. Parents just don't understand. Um, <laughs> this has both of them. And like what it is, is like son and father in a race to stop these bad guys, both of them finding different information as they go. And they meet in the middle when he gets on the walkie talkie and says, uh, where are you? Where are you? He's like, we're, we're down at City Hall. Get here now. He didn't even like, yeah. he's like, he's like, oh, you're on this shit. Let's come. Let's go. Let's do this. Let's I know roll. you can help. I didn't even think about that. Dad, you'd be great for this. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, you could be a useful member of the squad, but first you have to pass a monster test. Bring a gun. It'll be great. But see, that's the thing, too, because his dad, like, even when he's, like, his son's questioning him, right? Like, I feel like in older movies like this, the dad be like, shut up, boy, or whatever. And this one, his dad's like, Sean, please put your basic lid on it. But he's then he comes home, dad. he crawls he's out on the fucking, you know, roof with him to, like, make amends. For whatever. He's a good dude. I love Let's that. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the dad character because that actor, first of all, does this really well. Um, because the exact lines you're saying could have been done differently by a different actor. What I see from him is a guy who's really tired from work. Mm -hmm. And he it would be the easiest thing in the world for him at this moment to just tell his kid to fuck off. Yeah. Genuinely what he wants to do back here. Yeah. But he's, not, but he's not but he's not gonna do it and uh the the worst he gets the most frustrated he gets is when he's like i'm gonna miss the plot of the movie the plot yeah the Come plot on, i've seen 12 of these like he's just like that's that's where he's just like i can't anymore but, but like that moment of, can i have five bucks anyway absolutely yeah <laughs> fucking cool dad man yeah man we didn't have to steal from our parents yet that was the 90s movies. <laughs> But see, that's the thing, because even Eugene's dad, right, who has one of the funniest scenes in the movie, he's like, oh, get out of here. Ooh, he's scaring him away. And behind him, it's the money in the closet. All the, all the yeah. dads are great guys. Well, the dad's just like, this is fuck night. Like, this is the one night where we fuck. You're not coming into our bed. Because I, I saw that scene now as, like, a dad, and I was like, oh, I know exactly what's happening. That's like the... We've, I've been waiting all week for this. Don't fucking come to my room. That actor is doing it perfectly, too. Like, the characterization yeah. of that, I see that man as a guy who is a fun-loving dude during the day. Yeah. 
Like he got pulled out of bed. Ooh, look at these big scary monsters. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. You know? probably had to let his erection go down before he could even go to Eugene's room. He's like, chill the <laughs> fuck Jesus out. Christ. But even then, he's not like being mean to him. He's just like, hey, if this keeps up, no more monster magazines. You know what I mean? Like that's all he does. Yeah. Like that's a very relatable parent. He's moment. tired. He sounds like a man yeah. who's just been woken up by some bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> we don't all have the freedom to just focus on monster battling all days. We got well, shit to do. That is, I don't know who the casting director of this movie is, but like, um, the Wolfman as a human only gets like, fuck, what, seven minutes of screen time? Oh, probably not even. Oh, but as, John Grease takes it as to the Matt. Human being, great. Um, Eugene's dad, that that forty five seconds, killer, amazing. Um. I everybody doing these kinds of movies. Yeah, everybody gives it their all. For Even this the principal movie. who comes off very weird is still memorably entertaining. Yes, I think yeah, science he makes is decisions. cool. He makes action <laughs> decisions. He knows who his character is. I yeah. dig it, man. And he is so fucking good. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I maybe I'm one of those people that like it's just so ingrained in me. I I love everything about. I remember being a kid and being like Stephen King rules. What's that? And being like, now I have to learn about Stephen King, right? Because I was, I was too young to be reading Stephen King. But I remember going to my Nana's house and finding the It movie and being like, oh, what it was? I've got, <laughs> I've got to finish these uh, these thumbnails for a pitch. Like, should have done it three days ago. And I was, <laughs> drawing, I was drawing while I was listening to the movie. And there was shit that you were talking about uh the visuals that I was just like, oh man, I didn't even like see the garlic pizza on the face. Yeah. I didn't look at the unraveling of the thing. I was listening to the dialogue like a chump. And I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just a fucking great. I think that's the thing, right? Like Abbott and Costello meets the monsters, right? That was like a perfect, like family outing kind of movie. I think this is just that, but for an 80s audience that needed it kicked up a little bit, right? But, like, yeah. to me, this was – I always wanted to be on a roof with my dad watching Monster Squad on the screen. You know what I mean? Like, that was the yep. the kind of yep. vibe that this movie gave me. I um, think about that. Yeah, like, it's in my five, like, most important movies. Bag, like, that looks – that looked great. I used to sit on my roof outside my house uh, in my, my bedroom that I had, like, uh, when I was a teenager – I would like you could open it up and you can go up out <laughs> on the roof like that. And um like just I would picture that feeling of like that yeah. back, that sack of food <laughs> yeah. with no logo on it. <laughs> but he doesn't even like talk. It's just like something they've clearly done a bunch of times, right? They just like walk into this lived moment. Ah, that's I, yeah, I love it. That's why I think my like my feelings about it after today are are that it's just like I saw this as such a perfect movie and like that is such good direction of just like shove fries in your face put the give them the binoculars oh it's the best part what do you why you already you've seen it already how yeah um and that means that like he's on his second or third um like yeah. tuning to the radio station <laughs> and watching yeah. it I never even thought uh, of that. And that's and he and his dad have this watching movies together thing, which is what I have with my dad. Like, uh, 
before we recorded we were talking about like my dad showed me ice pirates not yeah that's not that's <laughs> not it shouldn't watch that we watched ice pirates we watched um oh he loved pirates i guess uh time bandits um yeah. <laughs> just and that's uh that's I think there's something we're missing in a new world where everything is available all the time. Mm-hmm. Where like if you back then if you wanted to hang out with your dad, you watched whatever he wanted to watch. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. And that's but that's like the benefit of this like that was the benefit of the cable generation. Like we grew up having to watch certain things because that's what was on or like if someone was willing to go rent a video like i remember going to the grocery store renting videos with my parents like that was my my treat at the end of the week if i was you know if school went well or something like that or if they were going to go somewhere but like i also knew that that was something i could do with my parents and it's the same thing man it's like it for being a movie about you know camaraderie and in the face of like crazy danger there is this like warm toasty feeling you get for some reason about <laughs> the people around the people yeah. you surround yourself with. Yeah. It's my, and my, it's a powerful film, man. And, uh, we watch Dracula every once in a while, but Wolfman, I don't know why Lon Chaney's Wolfman was like awesome. the movie Same. we would watch all the time. Um, speaking of, I don't know if this is an homage to Wolfman. My favorite thing, like that's just like crazy in that movie is Lon Chaney is looking at a woman with a telescope in her window and then he finds the place she works and is like hey how you doing i saw you in my telescope I did your- <laughs> what a line uh and uh i think uh you get away with a lot i think rudy is an homage to that i'm just yeah. Yeah. That right now I'd buy, yeah I'd buy that. <laughs> i think there's a lot of those little pastiches in this movie I think I could forgive Rudy everything except for the, you know, hey, they're having a two for one special. <laughs> Although dude, Lon Chaney was a fucking forty year old man. Rudy yeah. is fourteen. I'm gonna give him a pass on a lot of it. That's true. <laughs> well, dude, I'll never forget the first time I saw a naked lady was my buddy found a naked picture of his own mother and brought it on the school bus. He brought it to school? Yeah, he brought it on the fucking school. This kid was fucking weird. He was like the weird guy, and I think it was his, like, this will get me in to, like, talk to people. And he's like, hey, check out this. You like naked ladies? And we're like, I don't know, maybe. We're in, like, fourth grade. And so we're on was, the bus, and he's like, look. And I remember we looked at him, and we're all like, ew, gross. I was, that's just how I it happened. I wasn't going to bring this up, but there are <laughs> specific reasons that I said uh, on that route. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> hey we all had dude i used to shoot hoops without a shirt on in my backyard blasting uh aqua's barbie girl because i thought the girl who lived next door would look down on me and be like holy shit we gotta have sex i didn't even know what sex was but i was in that like freshman in high school eighth grade right where i was like i know this is something i need to happen but i didn't, <laughs> I didn't have a lot of access to information at that age but I was like, all right, we got to start kicking. So we all did weird shit like that. I, I blame this particular brand of toxic masculinity on movies. How many fucking <laughs> movies? How many fucking movies have the hero of the movie staring at a girl through a window? It's fine. Also, it's funny. 
Uh, every so many movies, so many movies. Dude, think um, about one of the seminal movies for guys our age was we all went to the theater and thought American Pie was the funniest movie ever. Yeah. And that's just a really fucking gross scene when you look back on it. But that was like a major release where everyone's like, this is hilarious. And you're like, yeah, yeah that girl's just being like outed to all these fucking creeps, including Blink-182 watching the fucking yeah. webcam. But, okay, <laughs> so the neighbor, my neighbor, who I looked through her window through my window got her like this is the 21st century movie that they would make um she was <laughs> she was having a sleepover and she called my house i was watching you're not gonna put this in uh i was with you <laughs> <laughs> i was just hanging out like sleepover just like the movies uh just like oh god i love uh fucking oh whatever uh so my mom uh, <laughs> you've got a phone call she gave yeah. me the the house phone i was like hello and she's like hi <laughs> like looking in your eyes like hello yes her and, the, her and all the girls behind her laughing um <laughs> yeah yeah oh we used to do that we'd cool. know where the girls sleepovers were and we'd go and like doorbell ditch them all night Mm. To try to like just see if we could see girls. Like, <laughs> it was a weird yep. time. <laughs> woman. Yeah, woman. But that's it, what man. I think I just think this movie's fucking awesome, man. Like every time I watch it, it just it's very teleportative to me, right? Like I feel yeah. like I'm right back to that, like it some of the happiest you. days of my life, right? Oh um, yeah. I, I'm just stoked we finally got to talk about it, right? We did a nice little me movie too. therapy session on Monster Squad. And yeah. with Jay. And yeah so jay's already put a very ambitious slate of other movies we got to discuss. so you'll be seeing jay uh, a lot on the feed probably in the next year or so uh jay would you like to tell the people one more time where they can find your stuff um at jay rollins art uh instagram twitter and tiktok tiktok uh, there you go tiktok i just influencer jay i just did it but like i know I used to make fun of Twitter too. Um, this is just the way the world's going. That's how it is, man. Um, yeah, it's J A Y, by the way, not the letter J. J A Y. J Rollins art. I'll have all that in the uh, details so you guys can go find it. Thanks again, Jay, for joining us. Uh, stay tuned, guys. Another podcast tomorrow 31 Days, 31 Pods. I hope you're enjoying it as much as we are. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>